thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming to our 30 Under 30 podcast. If you're just joining us, uh, 30 Under 30 is for marketing purposes only. We are going to roll uh, and uh, and get you all this content. It's going to be hard to to get it all into 30 minutes. So uh, really, really excited to have these two. Um, I'm not going to introduce someone like Kathy because they are part of my group. I am so proud of these two. Uh, and I'm excited for you guys to listen and, and hear what they have to say. And pay attention. These guys have not been in the industry that long. And when you hear their numbers, you're going to be blown away. So uh, with that, Kathy, you want to take over and, and, uh, and get rolling? Yeah, I appreciate it. So I had the opportunity to spend some time with Allie and Garrett, and I'm sure it's going to come across very quickly how it is that they've been so successful in a relatively short period of time. And it's because they tune out all the noise. They got into the industry and, and they chose to create a reality above and beyond what anybody told them about what could and couldn't be done. And the thing I, I hope all of you will take away from this is you literally cannot go beyond what you believe you can do. So when, what you'll hear from them is that they, they really had no limits as to what they could accomplish. And they just put one foot in front of another with very specific strategy, each of them very different. So principles the same, hard work, focus, consistency leads to results. How they did it was different, but again, they, they just tuned out all the noise. And I think now more than ever, that's something we can all learn a lot from, regardless of how long you've been in the industry. So Ali, let's go ahead and start with you. Just give us really briefly some insight into, into your numbers first, because that'll get everybody's attention, then they'll listen, and then we'll go into a little bit of your story. <laughs> for sure. So year to date, um, as of today, I am at 36 units for 7.2 million. Um, prior to being in this industry, I was a licensed sales producer for an insurance company for five and a half years. Uh, my job there was cold calling, being required to hit so many dials a day, having so much talk time a day, basically being chained to a desk from nine to five. Um, and then I got into this and my life has changed ever since then. So it's been, it's been really great. Allie, real quick, what did you do last year? What was your, what was your job? Uh, last year, I was at 89 units for 17, uh, 17 million. And, awesome. and what's really impressive about that is give them the stat on, on last year, what was purchased? What was the percentage of purchase versus refi? Um, I want to say we were at like 90% purchase last year and 10% refi. And, so and real quick too, by the way, I'm sorry. I keep jumping in uh, real quick. Do you, the area that these guys live in, um, it's called Crown Point, Indiana. How, how What's the population of Crown Point? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't know. It is a small town, but it's small guys. Yeah. It, it's a small town. So I think it's so about when we're 14, talking 000, these yeah. numbers, it's, it's a, it, these numbers are in, even more impressive when you, when you take into consideration uh, how big this town is. Wonderful. Thanks, Ali. How about you, Garrett? Yeah, very, uh, very similar story to Allie. So I actually started in April of last year. Um, year to date, my numbers, I'm at 48 units for 11.5 million right now. Uh, last year, I started halfway through the year. So I think I finished the year with about six and a half or seven million. Um, I come from the HR and hospitality background. So always been about serving people. Um, randomly had a conversation with Chad Kryl, our team lead here, and uh, the rest is history. So my life has definitely changed forever too since joining Fairway. I love hearing that. And so for both of you, what I heard on, on some level, what the drive for each of you finding a way to make it work within the context of what you already knew was that whole concept of no going back. So Allie, how, how does that play into how you present and show up every day? Um, it's from this job having changed my life. I feel like I owe everything to it. Like my marriage suffered in my old job because I'd come home. I was angry. I was crabby. 
um, from dealing with people all day. The last thing I want to do is go out and deal with more people. Whereas here it's rewarding. I'm going out and I'm helping people. I'm excited to continue to talk to more people. Um, getting to hear people be so excited because it's such a huge milestone in their life is the reason I wake up every day. Our team here, we have so much fun. Um, it's just, it's hard to not love the job. And you, I love making the clients feel that energy too, because again, they're going through an exciting time in their life. It's exciting for me because I'm the happiest I've ever been. Um, and this job, like there's just so much out there, so much business to get and so many lives that we can change just by what we do. I love hearing that level of appreciation. So those of us who have been doing this a while, to be reminded of how grateful we should be to be in an industry where we get to change people's lives and we have so much opportunity. So thanks for that reminder, Ali. Great perspective. How about for you, Garrett? Yeah, just to give you some perspective, about a week before I met with Chad um, at my old job, I, uh, my, son, my, my wife was actually seven months pregnant and I wanted to leave 15 minutes early from work to go to his doctor's appointment and I wasn't able to go. Um, so if that gives you any perspective about what my life is like now compared to then, um, you know, it was by chance that I met Chad a week later, but he just talked and preached culture. And uh, it was about a 20 minute conversation that I just knew was the right place to go and just made that jump. Um, like Ali said, my marriage is better. My family is better. You know, I am on call and I'm always kind of attached to my phone and always helping clients. But it's such a different feeling of like freeness of what I can do and kind of in charge my own, you know, future, if you will. So it's just been a, a blessing in disguise. Perfect. I love it. So let's let's kind of launch into each of you had a little bit different strategy relative to how you built your business. So Ali, would you give us some insight as to kind of what your focus was and how, what, how you found it successful to reach out and, and connect with partners who allowed you to be successful? Yeah. So initially from the insurance background, I did have a lot of like realtor connections. Um, we pushed a lot for making those connections in that industry as well. So coming into this, I was like, oh, I know all these people. I'm gonna get all this business from them, or I have family members who know people that are, you know, realtors and whatnot. Um, but everyone who I thought was gonna send me business did not. So I had to immediately shift gears and figure out where that business was gonna come from. Um, so I went to social media. So for me, Facebook, my first year probably gave me over 50% of my business. Um, and with that, it wasn't just, hey, I'm, you know, I'm here today, so send me business. It was never that. It was always just kind of having fun with it. Um, our team here, we have a good time. So just making little funny posts here and there. My dogs, I would use a post. There was a, a picture of my dog where he had like a goofy look on his face. And I just used that, put a little bubble next to his head that said, oh, what do you mean to tell me it's that easy to get pre-approved? And I got so many people that interacted with that post. And I think it's because people saw I'm human, you know, and no one wants to see lone posts every single day but they do want knowledge at the same time. So every time I would post something, I felt like I'd at least get a message or a question. And then from there, once people got a better idea of who I was as a person and also a better understanding of what I was doing for a living, it reminded people that I could be that go-to person when that time came. So when I first started Ignite, the first thing um, Amy Slotnick taught me, she was my coach, was make sure every single person that you know knows what you do for a living. So Facebook was my way of kind of letting people know like, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. If you, if you need anyone, I'm here. I'm that person without being like boring. Here's some loan data. People don't want to read that. They want to they want to have something they can interact with and learn from. So and it's still I'm getting a lot of business from it to this day. But the first year, it definitely gave me that ramp up and got me exposure in front of agents and clients for sure. 
what I loved hearing from her was she didn't continue the same path. So it didn't take her a long time to figure out that the, the, the strategy she had, which was going back to the realtor she knew from insurance, wasn't necessarily going to be what was going to get her to success. And she made that shift quickly. And I think where some of us go wrong is we can get stuck in, in where we think something is going to happen and we fail to make that shift quickly enough. So Ali, I love hearing that in you and that flexibility and that willingness to identify, oh, maybe there's another way. And Garrett, I think you have some things to share along those lines as well. So why don't you tell us about your strategy and your focus? Yeah, I pretty much just watch Allie, honestly. Um, I think everything <laughs> everything that I did and everything that I've done so far has come from someone else. I've kind of emulated a lot of great people in this industry. I always say I have the best seat in the house in this team. There's five other loan officers on this team specifically that I kind of sat and just watched and observed and took little nuggets away from them and kind of built into my business. Um, I would say resources are kind of like my number one thing, right? Like I always... I walked into this industry and I said, we have so many resources here. And even though I don't know the industry, there are so many places I can get answers from super fast. And I almost took that as a competition, right? Like if I got an opportunity to shine um, and someone, you know, asked me a question I didn't know, I was like, watch how fast I can get this answer for you. And within five seconds, I would have that answer and get back to them on that. Um, so then, you know, I added in quickness into it. Obviously, my speed to respond time was always very, very fast, even in the evening times, even on the weekends and things like that. I knew that I had to be different and separate myself somehow. So those are a, a couple of things. And then, you know, my HR background really helped me with the communication piece too. And I wanted to be different in that realm, right? And I wanted to make sure that I communicated better and different than everybody else. So I started to add in bomb bomb actually to my communication style. And uh, I would send out videos for Friday updates for, you know, middle week updates, whatever it was to agents. It was almost like gut wrenching when someone had to reach out to me for, you know, an answer before I can get to them. So I really was just kind of proactive about things really quick, used all my resources and just use the team as leverage to make sure that I had everything I needed to do, so. And what I love about that is I think sometimes we have a tendency to sit on the sidelines and, and to sit on the sidelines and, and wait until we know everything before we go in and play the game. The reality is, the reality is that the game is played and you learn behind, right? So you're playing the game and that's how you learn and grow. Um, so I think that was, I think that was something to really bear in mind with them. So the other thing that I wanted to chat about was, was the, uh, the, that whole idea of scarcity versus abundance, right? So some of us maybe who have been here for a while view this market from an, an, a, a, a scarcity mentality. There's not enough business, but for you all, you view things very differently. So tell me a little bit about that. I mean, the business is definitely out there. People need a house. They need somewhere to live. The business that you're getting now may not be from the same source as it was the last two years, but it's out there. Again, with Facebook, I may not appeal to just agents. If I'm appealing to a client or just a friend, you know, that's a new exposure. They may have a realtor they already have in mind that they're going to use, which is a realtor I may not already have a connection with. Or it gives me an opportunity to place them with the realtor that I either want to work with or already work with. Um, so it's just different ways of going out and finding how to do that. Um, anyone can, you know, reach out to an agent for coffee, but they want to see that you can do the job, you know? So if you can get in front of them by either putting a client in their lap and say, you know, watch what we can do from start to finish, um, or, hey, I'm going to be able to give you clients, that's going to change, be a game changer for them. And agents are panicking right now too, you know, they, they need their mindset changed. So what they're seeing online or what they're seeing in social media is scaring them too. So if you can be that one reassuring them, like, hey, let's do this together, then they're, th that could change everything, you know, or change their outlook on you and our business as well. 
That's the definition of a true partner, right? So be, beyond just going out and asking for business, Allie's identifying ways that she can support them in their business. And I think what we fail to recognize right now is, is just as, as some of us are in, in loans, maybe have a little bit of fear, so too for the realtors, because the reality is we have an amazing company backing us. Most of them don't have that resource. So their fear is exponentially greater. Um, and so we are the ones, we have marketing tools that they may can't, maybe can't afford now that we can go and share the marketing tools we have and bring them in and share all of these things that we have as a result of being aligned with such an amazing company and such amazing teams and bring them into our success and into our world and encourage them. So Ali, that's fantastic. And how about you, Garrett? Yeah, I think for me, the mindset shift, I, I'm a data junkie and I think Chad sometimes probably gets annoyed with me when I ask him all the data questions, but um, I asked him at one point, you know, what is our market share in this area alone? And I think the answer was, a little bit below 1%. And when I heard that number, you know, I thought about even if the market shifts, that's 99 plus percent somewhere out there that there's more opportunity to grab. Um, so I think, you know, when you start to think about opportunities, the opportunity is there. It's about you going out to get it. And, you know, as far as like you said, abundance versus scarcity too, I think you should have the abundance mentality that there is business out there, but the scarcity mindset with your partners, knowing that, hey, this partner, this agent could very well use any other loan officer at any other time. So you always have to genuinely care about them and treat them the right way to make sure they continue to work with you. And they do feel like, Ali said, that you are a true partner to them. So that's kind of my take on it. There's so much opportunity out there to grab. And I love that. What a twist on scarcity, right? So there is no scarcity of other loan officers looking to partner with your realtor. And I think we, in our quest to be out, to be out and prospecting, we lose sight of the need to nurture and love on our existing realtors to the same degree, if not more. And, and, and sometimes we can take that for granted. So really, really great um, perspective. Garrett, you talked about something that I thought was really interesting and it was that on-call mentality. Could, yeah. Can you share a little bit about that for you and then for your family? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the biggest thing, and I'm so grateful to Chad for this. We had the first conversation before I started was to kind of set the expectation with your family, you know, specifically with my wife about potentially being on call. And it wasn't a big deal for us because in the world I lived prior, hospitality, you work crazy hours. We were always working during the day and coming home at night. But the expectation was, hey, I need to, you know, kind of build a business and build my business. I'm being quick to respond and always available. So you know, it may be a little bit here where I have to step away from dinner to take a phone call or miss bath time for five minutes to jump right back into it if I have to. Even on the weekends, I have to let people know that are searching for houses on the weekends that I'm available as well. Um, so it's like this on-call mentality, but the on-call mentality, it's not like you're glued to your desk for, you know, eight hours at a time. You're on call, whereas, hey, if you think about it, clients are probably searching for homes on the weekend because they have jobs during the week. So if you're not available on the weekend, somebody else is available on the weekends. You have to be able to pick up your phone and be available when that time comes, especially with someone you want to shine for, or you want to really impress, you have to be available and kind of on call all the time. And again, I think really setting that expectation up front with my wife was a game changer and making sure that we kind of understood the expectation there. So, Well, I think with that too, expectation to your client, your agent too, obviously there's going to be times where you truly can't answer your phone or you can't be available, but letting them know that. Send up a quick text. Hey, I'm at dinner with my family. Give me 35 minutes and I'll call you back. No one's going to be mad at that. Um, but if you just completely don't answer their call or avoid their email or wait until, you know, Monday to text their email back, then that's not a, a good look. But at least if you let them know, hey, I see you. I know you need me. I promise I will reach back out in X amount of time. 
it, people will be okay with that. They understand you're human too, you know, or you kind of want to remind them that you're human too sometimes as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Austin Smith from the Indie Branch says that too, speed to acknowledge versus speed to respond. You know, he says speed to acknowledge and make sure that they know that you're there and you're listening. And then you can set the expectation about when you're going to respond, but at least they know you're there and you understand what's going on. So that is fantastic stuff. So I, I know we talked a little bit about, you all definitely know the definition of hard work. And, and you shared with me a little bit about your willingness and, and, and the demographic and some of the loans you work on. So share a little bit about your willingness on, from that perspective. I'll jump in here, Allie, and start if you want me to. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, Allie and I were talking about this earlier, too. I think we're, you know, sometimes we play part firefighter, like we're able to kind of jump into it and go into it. And I think, Kathy, when we talked before, you said no no's, right? Um, I think that Allie and I have really set ourselves apart sometimes in, you know, this specific area of being able to take on hard loans and hard deals. And uh, what I love about Allie is that she does work with a lot of people that, you know, maybe could not get approved somewhere else, but she gives them the extra time and the extra attention to make sure that they can. So you kind of have to dive in. I mean, sometimes when you ask for an at-bat, those deals you're going to get from someone are not going to be really pretty conventional 20% down deals. They might be FHA, down and dirty, high ratios, and you kind of got to find a way to be creative and lean on your resources to be able to get after it. So, Well, and to that, like someone who's an 800 credit score, 20% down, they can go anywhere and get along, you know, but the guy who might have a, a little bit of credit issues that you help get their score up they're going to appreciate you and they're going to send you every single client that they know and they're probably not going to shop you. So those people, I love it. They're my favorite. It's fulfilling. Um, and I had told Kathy the story and I know Garrett and my whole team is probably so sick of hearing this and I say it every time. But when my husband and I went to get our first home, the loan officer that our realtor referred us to, of course, it was long before I was in this industry, the guy was so cold. It was just like a typical loan application, zero thrill in his voice. And I was so excited. And then I got off the phone with him and I was like, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be, you know, and it completely ruined it for me. I was like, I was excited. I'm going to talk to this guy. We're going to get a loan. Everything's great. And the guy ruined it for me. So that was like my why when I got into this, every single person I talk to, I want them to feel that I'm excited for them because it's a big time in their life. And I think as loan officers, it's really easy to get numb to that because we're in it every single day, you know, but it's a big deal for people. I mean, even if closing dates have to get moved, that means people have U-Haul trucks that they now have to cancel and reschedule. It's movers they have to reschedule. And it's like, we need to remember that this is a, a big part of people's life and give them that excitement because that's what they want and need to hear. Whether it's their 10th home that they're buying or their first home that they're buying, it's it's important, you know? Yeah, I always use it as a, as a talk track too, Allie. When I talk to clients, I always say, hey, if there's ever any point in this process where you feel stressed, please call me. Like, please call me and make sure we can talk through it because this should be a really exciting time for you. And I don't want you to be stressed. And yeah, there's going to be a little bit of that because you're buying a, you know, a, big, a big purchase or you're purchasing a house. But if you're stressed, please call and let's talk through it to make sure this is still an exciting time for you. So I love that. And Garrett, I'm sure with that hospitality background, that comes pretty, pretty innately to you. But Allie talked about her why it was an experience she had with, with her first loan that wasn't optimal. It wasn't the experience she would have liked. What is it for you, the, the why? Yeah, I think honestly, the why for me is like the culture piece. And I come from a world where you almost had to fake it till you make it, if you will. And in this space, I feel like I could be genuine to people and I can actually be servant hearted and feel good about it. Um, I have a training and development background as well. So like Ali, I love educating people. Um, I love coaching. I love teaching. So when I talk to first time homebuyers, it's fun for me because I get to educate them on the process and help them understand what they're doing. And 
they have those aha moments along the way. And that's the stuff that kind of gives me energy and gets me excited. So that's kind of my why there. That's neat. And I, and I would love to sh- point out to each of you how they bridged what they did and they brought it into this world, sometimes into the mortgage world. Sometimes we have a tendency to go, well, I started something new. Think back on the skill set and the things that you've learned over time, just in life in general, and, and figure out how that transfers into mortgages if you are new in it. They brought all of that experience with them. And so as a result, they're, they're leaning into the things that they already did well. Um, I, I love Scott Cummings. He talks about superpowers, right? You guys identified your superpowers to some degree and brought them into this new world. And it, it absolutely allowed you to perform at a really high level and build pipelines very, very quickly. That's and, and the excitement, right? So bringing that excitement to the process and the excitement and the gratitude to being in a world where you can structure your time and, and to have someone tell you, you can't go to a doctor's appointment and see your new baby. I mean, that's, that, that's some pretty, that would just never happen in our culture. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I love that. Any, any last minute things you want to, you want to address with us? Any, any takeaways? And again, the really neat thing y'all is these, both of these are amazing people. They have put all of this in writing for you. And we're going to send out a follow-up that has all of their tips in great detail. Allie's relative to Facebook. Garrett's relative to how do you maintain that on-call mentality? How are you excited when the phone rings as opposed to seeing it as, as, as a burden, right? That's an excitement that we should all have. And instilling that into our business is where we have joy. And that transfers to our clients. And that allows us to build really businesses that serve our clients and ourselves very well. Um, so that we will be following up with that information. Austin, did you have anything you wanted to add? You know, I, I, I would really like to get back to some of these questions we have in the chat. And I also want to bring in Amy Slotnick. She was one of the, she was one of the first uh, uh, coaches for these guys too. So some of the questions uh, in the chat, uh, and I think it were directed more at Ali, but on your social media, are you using personal page or using business page? I use my personal page so because I want people to understand that I'm human. I mean, I have a business page, but it's very rare that I use it because it doesn't get the traction like my personal page does. Okay. Um, and with that being said, be very careful about what you're posting because it is your personal page. You don't want to post anything, you know, on, on a Saturday when you're out doing something. You don't want to offend anyone or make that deter them from wanting to use you. So you have to be very conscious of every single thing that you post. Um, before you post it. And I would say have somebody who's not in the industry read your post before you post it. So that way in our heads, what we post may make sense and be relevant, but to somebody who's not in the industry, they may not understand the message you're trying to convey. Like when I first started, I had people reaching out to me thinking I was a realtor because I was sharing listings. So they were like, oh, you're a realtor. I'm like, no, I'm a loan officer. So you have to make sure that you get that point across too. And they know what you actually do for a living. Cause that was something else someone asked. They're like, so I know you're a loan officer, but like, what do you do? So making that message very clear is probably the hardest thing to start from. But once you get rolling, it, it moves pretty, pretty well. I got a call yesterday from a large uh, real estate group and they are wanting a new uh, MSA with us and they are leaving their current lender because of the things that he posts on Facebook. So uh, I, and I went and looked and I was amazed that someone would do that. I was, I was shocked. So uh, yeah, very, very good stuff. What, what social media are you using? Uh, mainly just Facebook. Occasionally I'll use Instagram if I'm posting to like a story because that seems to get a lot of attention. Yep. Um, but usually just Facebook. Either one of you guys using TikTok yet? Anything there? No. No. 
But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Something to mention, uh, you know, we do have uh, Sarah Riley has done an amazing job creating some digital platforms to help with building your social media platform and, and imaging and, and creating all of that sort of thing that Ali's talking about. So bear that in mind, if you really do feel as if you need some help in that, it is available. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amy Slotnick, I would love to bring you in. Uh, I know you have a, a warm spot in your heart for her, for Ali and, and these guys. So did, can you ask, a, I know you wanted to have a question here. Sure. Wasn't expecting this, but here I am. So uh, Allie, I had to hop on and listen, right? Felt kind of like a little proud mama. Um, <laughs> so I guess one question that, that I have for you, and, and uh, you know, you, you mentioned sort of the grit mantra, everyone you know has to know what you do. Um, one question is, if you're not using social media, um, and Garrett, um, you know, perhaps you can respond to this too. Um, how are you letting people know what you do? And um, how are you managing reactions when you're in a personal group, right? I always talk about there's nothing worse than when you're at a party and somebody says, oh, wow, I just bought a new house. And you're like, oh, really? They call <laughs> me, huh? Um, so how are you letting, I mean, we know you're using Facebook. Garrett, how are you letting everyone know what you do? And then secondly, um, you're both brand new to the business. How have you managed the balance between getting out there and letting people know what you do and your insecurity, if you will, about your knowledge base? Um, I would say, so like if we're in a social setting, it's actually kind of funny because I feel like the social media side of it trickles into your day-to-day -day because of how much I'm posting and things are saying, we'll be out with friends and they'll just come to me and start asking me questions. So, cause I never want to be the person that's just, you know, talking about loans while we're out having dinner together. So a lot of times it ends up being brought up or there's been times where we've been on vacation and we start talking to a random person that's sitting there, come to find out they're a realtor. So it's like, it almost presents itself. I feel like, cause I never purposely like go out there and say, Hey, that's what I do for a living. Or maybe I will say, Oh, what do you do for a living? Cause that'll start the conversation, you know? Yeah, I agree with that too, Allie. I'd say personal conversations, like me being a very observant individual and you know my wife's very connected in the area and also in Ohio and we just have a very large sphere of people and you never want to sell my whole mentality when I got here was I want to help not sell so whenever I'm in a, a situation like that I'm never selling anything and they're like oh I'm, I'm a loan officer you should work with me it's just like a casual conversation like Ali said you know if you hear hear an opportunity kind of jump in and have that conversation and you know provide insight provide value something I always say to anybody that's talking about it is hey even if I'm not working with you I'd love to help or if you have a question about anything, please feel free to call me because I'm happy to help with anything. Even if I don't work with you, even if I don't close a loan, I would love to help you. Um, another thing too that I've kind of done, you know, I, I do use social media quite a bit as well, but um, I would say kind of leveraging past clients. Um, something I did last year and Keith Akata is actually my Ignite coach. So he kind of helped me out with this as well. But uh, Zillow and Google reviews, I kind of made a pretty big push last year and got a pretty big presence on there. And I don't use it for people that are randomly googling loan officers near me or whatever that is i use it for past clients and for future agents as well to kind of spread the word and i say hey you know i don't really like to talk about myself too much it kind of makes me uncomfortable i'd rather you go see something that my past reference clients have talked about or an agent has talked about or whatever it is and i kind of use it as a leveraging tool to kind of get my name out there and talk about it a little bit so it's a couple of different things that i do well, you guys are you guys are absolutely killing it. Um, so 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 impactful to have you guys on here. Um, I have we're we're gonna try and keep this to thirty minutes, like we talked about uh, a little over right now. But 
Uh, I have one thing for both of you guys. Okay. If you could start, if you're starting all over again, what are you keeping? What are you, what are you leaving? Right. So something you did that you didn't need to do, or what is something you did that you absolutely are keeping for all the people here that are, that are just starting out? I'll go, I'll go ahead, Allie. I saw you. Play <laughs> there. Um, for me, uh, I kind of, I think I came into this world thinking that my athletic background, my sports background, I had a pretty large fear already in connections of realtors that I knew. Nobody that I knew before, I think maybe two people total have used me so far from that sphere that I had. So I think I would get rid of that mentality and come in just kind of knowing that I have to grind a little bit harder on the front end to go get new agents or different people that I don't already know. Um, keeping, definitely bomb bomb. Um, I think my communication style has been purely video and have really leveraged that. I mean, I think a lot of the loan officers are doing the same exact things right now. Anything I can do to be different is kind of helping big time. So I think bomb bomb would be something I would definitely keep. Yeah, I think for me, I, motivator is a huge, huge thing for me. Um, I love when people respond to the automated emails because it's sending them the updates for me. Um, I think if I could go back and anything I could change, when we got really busy, I feel like I let my communication slip a little bit just because I was so focused on trying to figure everything out. So we now have a better process in place to get that. So I would say upfront having a better process so that when times do get busy, we have a better way to manage that. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have. <laughs> you got, you two did great. Um, I gotta tell you, I am so proud of you two. Uh, you guys are absolutely killing it. And, and it's so, it's so great to see. And, and, and more than that, you're, you're just good people. Uh, so, uh, I, I truly appreciate you both being on this call. I appreciate everyone being on this call. We've had 200 people guys. If you're not already part of Ignite, we'd love to have you. Ignite Connect is only 99 bucks. We do this every single week uh, at 11 Eastern. Top producers come on here. You also get our mobile app. You get our social media. You get the Ignite email chain. It's a whole community uh, to get started. It's only 99 bucks a month. It is so worth it. Uh, I put the link in the chat for that. Uh, usually we end with uh, Jake and Pistol Pete. Neither one of them are on the call today. Uh, so we are going to go straight to Run to the Roar. Ray, would you like to take oh, us wait, over? Oh, wait, one on second, Austin. Sorry, Sorry just one, one second. So I just wanted to mention, just to be clear, uh, if, you, if you check out the Ignite website, the OMG branding and social, that specifically is Sarah Riley's assistance that, she's, uh, that she has available to everyone in the digital world. And, and it's all digital, um, very, very, very well priced. So those of you who want some added assistance in that, in that particular area, it's definitely available for you. Thanks, Austin. Yo, excellent point. Thank you, Kathy. Ray, over to you, buddy. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Sarah's a grandma, so this one's uh, for Scooter, her little uh, grandson, right? So everybody, if you haven't done it, and there's always a few, we get our hands up like claws for that lion roar, right? So here's a little practice, looking right into the lens of your camera, and drop your hands, and here we go. We're going to run to the roar, and run to the roar, Grandma uh, Sarah. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Everyone really enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank yeah, you. Thanks.